And just over there on the right, you'll see a wild Pranav coming out of his closet in the absolute pitch black darkness of his habitat. A quite a, a, a insurmountable experience, almost like a, a one in a million chance, almost like a shooting star. Oh, look at him. Look at him prowling out of the closet, <laughs> coming out of the habitat. <laughs> this is one of our worst ones yet. <laughs> oh, why is it dark? So here, let me paint the scene as we usually do. Picture Rish and I sitting in our living room recording Oddfish as we usually do, except there are no lights on because a fuse just blew, a circuit just shorted, a fucking (laughs) something in our apartment, and now we don't have power in half the apartment. And that's pretty, pretty awesome, huh? Pretty cool. That's what yeah. we're doing right now. We're just sitting recording Odd Fish with Rish's creepy ass light shining down <laughs> on us so we can do the video segment. It's like a because there are no real lights <laughs> in our apartment. It's like you know that scene from Wreck It Ralph when there's a light coming up outside <laughs> the game. <laughs> we're just stuck in this game and the lights are about to turn off because they're turning our game off and all we have is the <laughs> light of the moon. So yeah. That's, that's what we're doing right exclusive now. Exclusive episode coming to you from the dark. <laughs> from the dark. Uh, if only if only we were part of the top 1%, you know, so we could have <laughs> maids and shit and electricians on deck to fix our light. <laughs> and with that extremely obvious segue, Rish, what are we talking about on this episode? I think we're talking about hitting the cue it on the intro. Welcome back to another episode of Oddfish with your wonderful hosts, Pranav and Rish. Now, in the video, you might not be able to tell who is who because it's completely it's dark. It's so dark in here. <laughs> I'm um, the prettier one. Rish okay. is the handsomer one. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, welcome back to another another episode. We're going to be talking about Wealth Cap. What? I thought, you said, cap, I thought you said bro. elf cap, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about elf caps. Uh, we're going to be talking about, talking about uh, how elves function in society, <laughs> how they get to the top of the cupboard, uh, you know, all the above. How, how they get in Santa's workshop. <laughs> yeah. How they get out. How we got out. <laughs> um, on a serious note, we're talking about the wealth gap, wealth tax, um, equity, equality, um money all kinds of stuff that has to do with a little bit about the last episode bernie yeah, shout out eli shout out eli shout out shout out brony no oh, jesus shout bro. out brony brony <laughs> <laughs> bernie i'm gonna slow down here shout <laughs> out to bernie um shout out the accent is helping thank you thank you very much uh, <laughs> man you're too smooth with it these days <laughs> But anyways, so yeah, we're talking about the wealth gap, and you might be thinking, bruh, these fish really just be a couple of crudes, honestly. So how, why are they talking about a topic this serious, this sophisticated, they don't even even have a guest? Yeah, Yeah. we ain't educated, but here's the thing. Uh, A few days ago, two of us saw a film that uh, 
many of you may know, mm-hmm. as Donald Trump colloquially said, uh, should not have won the best Oscar <laughs> this year. Um, and he hasn't seen it, so... So, with good no, thing we're getting some educated right, opinions here. With uh, no further introduction, the film we saw was Parasite. So, yeah, we'd be, we'd be looking at... We'd be watching Parasite, and... Uh, it definitely cheesed both of us by the end of it, and I can't speak for Rich, but for the next, like, probably week after, all I did was just look up Parasite Explained, Parasite Analysis, Parasite Review on YouTube, so now I pretty much know everything there so is to know about the that's what you've movie. been so busy doing in your room? <laughs> I've been researching, bro, for the episode. <laughs> what was the lotion for, then? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm on the same guy game. I, I've been like reading all about it, listening to all the videos of Bong Joon-ho going on about what the movie's actually about, and yeah. it turns out it's about the wealth gap. Shocking, right? And uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil Parasite for anybody for uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Which let me just say, you if you haven't seen You're a movie wrong. by this point, you deserve to have it spoiled for you. But I just respect Parasite so much, and I respect nice it as a movie. Yeah. And the director—no, we're not nice guys, bro. <laughs> Iron Man dies at the end of Endgame, bro. Like I will. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, bro, you clearly don't care. But Parasite is just so well done. Out of sheer respect to the movie and the director, I will not spoil it. But just so you know, it's not because I respect you. It's because I respect the movie. If we're spoiling movies, the crudes all survive, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. Just letting you know. <laughs> if we're in the mood to spoil. <laughs> Don't be like that when crudes 2 is it's coming soon, bro. It is. I'm so, I'm so glad. Um, okay, so obviously, Parasite cheesed us. <laughs> yeah. how, did, how did it cheese you, though? What's your, what's your take on it? What... What do you think? I mean, my thing is just like, like obviously, like it's a commentary on on the wealth gap, and it it talks about it brings to light these issues and kind of shoves them in our face and on it in a way that like you don't. It's not like pleasant to look at, but at the same time, you can't take your eyes away from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like, and that's speaking on not only like the artwork and like cin- cinematography and production design of the movie, but also like the issues that it highlights and. Uh, you can like if you listen to uh, the director Bong Joon Ho talking about the movie. He actually said that he did the research, and for the main character to get out of the lifestyle he's in and to reach like you know the the, the wealth status he desired, it would take him five lifetimes. The another interesting thing about the movie is that while it is a commentary on the wealth gap, it, it takes place in Korea. So without spoiling too much more of the movie. <laughs> um, the the movie is a social commentary on the wealth gap of Korea, but it's really not that different when you compare it to America. No, it's yeah, super applicable. The, here the wealth too. the wealth gap exists in every country, right? And so, if anything, it's really just a hint at what the wealth gap is doing to Americans and how much more disparate that wealth gap is in America. Yeah, and it is more severe in America than so many countries that right. uh, that we're often compared to, and uh, I think part of the reason that more light hasn't been shed on this is that on the surface, if you look at the wealth. If wait, you look wait, wait, at, I want to make a joke. Oh no, no, go ahead. More light hasn't been shot on it because we don't have electricity. <laughs> That's facts, bro. <laughs> if only we were in the one percent, bro. <laughs> oh my god, we need sound effects. I need a little blood <laughs> in there. Anyways, go on. So yeah, uh, yeah. In America, on the surface, things seem fine because we have you know a steadily rising economy. Uh, historically, we have had a pretty significantly low jobless rate. 
uh, compared to what we have in the past. However, if you look at the distribution of how things are, then it's uh, it tells a much different story because the top 1% in this country owns about 40% of all wealth in the country. Right. And if that doesn't sound already skewed enough to you, the bottom 90%, which nine nine out of ten i'd say you fall in the bottom 90 percent. you know what i mean and the bottom 90 look at this guy bro he's good with numbers <laughs> statistically <laughs> statistically the bottom 90 percent owns less than 25 percent of all wealth in this country all right hold on bottom 90 percent owns less than 25 percent of the wealth in this country yes not an easy fact to digest that's that's pretty large... crazy stuff yeah jesus well it's also that like if we take eight years ago, that same top 1% you're talking about was at 24% of the country's uh, wealth. Right. Well, now we're at 40%, and it's projected that in the next 10 years, we're going to be at 65%. Yeah. Which so is it's... a lot more. That's that's two-thirds of the country's wealth. Yeah, and it's been, it's been a pretty significant climb since the past three decades. I'd right. say since the 90s, we've seen like an upwards trend of the, of the split between the rich and the poor. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that is, in fact, due to... You know, te- technology, innovate or not innovation, automation, things like that, and and how we've moved a lot of this money to artificial artificial money making strategies, almost and with technology and whatnot. But um, well, I'd say a lot of it is due to uh, hate to hate to be Mister Socialist once again, <laughs> but a lot of it is due to the fact that because of the because of the economic system we've placed ourselves into mm-hmm. it's so easy for the rich to get richer and the poor to get poorer because uh because of the way it's so easy to build like an industry and become a key player a ceo in that industry just by being in the right place at the right time and in the right year really our world our, our economy is built for the capitalist markets like it, right. it's built to be that way so if you're a ceo if you're elon musk and jeff bezos you're you're thriving yeah uh, but the problem with this is that we start associating wealth with success, and although this may have been true in the past, and even then I'm sure it wasn't 100%, like your your wealth status is not a clear indicator of how successful you are, right. it's become even more skewed now because so much of your success and your current wealth is based on where you started from rather than how hard you've worked to get to the point where you are. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of opportunity you're given as a platform to, to bounce off of, Exactly. Right? It's like that one interview where Trump says, my dad gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. And look where he is now, And right? imagine how many, you know, how many kids who are just as financially capable as Donald Trump but never had that million dollar loan. Exactly, yeah. I mean, a small a small loan is not a million dollars for them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's maybe a hundred dollars, if anything. But uh, I think that brings about the question um, of equality and equity to me, and I've never, I was never super clear on the two def, two different definitions of those terms, but um, after a little bit of reading, a little bit of oh, knowledge acquisition, this guy, bro, bro, this guy in his research, <laughs> I want to paint a quick picture of the difference between those two because I think a lot of that informs you know, like the socialist opinion or the democratic socialist opinion or the capitalist opinion, you know, on that spectrum of what our economy should be. Yeah. But um, basically, I know a lot of you have seen the picture of. Uh, so, you know, imagine that the picture of the three people on the three different little boxes trying to look at the baseball game, right? So there's, <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's one guy My who's... My favorite political <laughs> cartoon, bro. There's one guy who's, you know, seven feet tall. There's another guy who's, let's say, me, five foot seven. And there's another guy who's four foot two, right? So and me. Exactly. All three. You, me, and, <laughs> and Eli. And Eli. <laughs> uh, the, the, the point is that 
it's a it's a difference between equality and equity and it's a difference of how you treat the people and what kind of opportunity you give them based on the opportunity um or what kind of opportunity what kind of view they're given based on the opportunities that you give them so basically it's a difference between caring about the specific needs of each person or treating them all equally on the same playing platform so if you if they're all standing next to this fence obviously at this point the tall guy can see over the fence without a box the other two guys can't see over the fence without a box but if you give the medium guy the five foot seven guy me one box to stand on, I can see over the fence, and I'm, I'm happy, I can get a perfect view of the game. Same reason if you give Pranav, who's in this case <laughs> four foot two, uh, one box, just like you gave me one box, and you gave the tall guy one box. Now the tall guy has a perfect view of the game, I have a perfect view of the game, but Pranav is four foot two, so Not giving quite, him a box bro. doesn't solve his issue. Not He's still enough. below the fence, he can't see the game, so hit that. that is not a benefit for him at all, that one box. So the same way if we treat the equation differently where each person is treated as though they're an individual with their own disabilities with their own discriminations then that gives us that gives us into a, or that brings us into um, the element of equity where we're treating every person differently based on their own inhibitions. So the tall guy doesn't need a box cuz fuck it he's tall he doesn't need <laughs> any help seeing over that fence. I'm you heard it here first Eli. Me I'm the middle guy. I I need one box, so you're gonna give me one box, and then my problem is solved. I can see over the fence. I've got a perfect view of the game. Nah, me, I need two boxes. I <laughs> can't rest two boxes. easy, bro. I be needing those supplies. Therefore, you give him two boxes, and his problem is solved. But clearly, the way you address the solutions of each person is very different and disparate in this case. So Eli doesn't get a box. I get one box. Nav gets two boxes. The problem of each person is solved in the realm of equity because you treat each person as an individual and based on their own inhibitions. I and think if there are any girls watching this, I'm not actually four feet tall. <laughs> You can find that on his Tinder profile. <laughs> Y'all can continue. <laughs> um, if we're talking about height, too, like, it, it, Jeff Bezos is 5'7", all right? So <laughs> the only difference between him and me is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, the only difference. That's the only difference. <laughs> but I think it's that the question of equality and equity goes a long, a long way depending on how we want to treat people. Like, do we want to give everyone the same opportunity and make bring everyone in the same playing field or do we want to keep everyone in a sort of uh exponentially you know growing playing field where the rich are obviously going to be rich and the poor obviously going to be poor and the middle class is somewhere in between how does that play into where our where where we think we are now versus where reality is uh okay so reality where we actually are we're in the place where the tall guy just gets to keep buying boxes <laughs> and the short guy can't and he's just has got to look at the fence you know what i mean right. the, yeah the, i mean obviously the point is that you can't give you can't give all three people the same solution and expect it to work in the same way yeah for sure and so i think what this has to do with is i think there was a study done by um a harvard uh finance professor where he's basically talking to people or he interviewed a bunch of people, uh, I think 5,000, and he asked them where we are, uh, where, the, where the wealth is distributed among you know, the population of America. Yeah. And so the, the, the results of this study brought to, brought, to the, brought to the light that a lot of people don't understand how far reality is from where they actually think the wealth, wealth distribution is. For sure. So when you look at the graph, like, like we were talking about before, when you look at the graph, a lot of people think that it's a pretty even like bell curve of wealth distributed among the very rich the top 10 percent and the top and the bottom zero percent where a lot of people find that 
what they think reality is right now, the poverty line is just at 0% of people, like the poor can get by, and ideally they think that the poor can get out of poverty. Right. And um, I know still that's like, that's really not even great because the rich are very rich and they still make up for, I think, 25% of whatever the complete wealth is in the bottom 90%. But part of that is like realistically, like if you're working hard, you should be more successful than people who aren't working as hard as you. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that that distribution exists. Right. But I think people don't understand like the degree of severity that it exists on. Uh, like we were saying with the top 1% owning uh, 40% of all the wealth in the country. And uh, and another thing we were talking about is uh, how this is just becoming a recent trend. Like, uh, for example, um, the top 1% only started owning more than the middle class in 2010. So this, uh, the like the split of the power balance is becoming a really, uh, it's a new thing that we didn't see before. Um, and not only are we dealing with uh, inequality between the wealth gap as a whole, it also splits itself itself into smaller subsects like gender or age. Uh, and I'm surprised we haven't talked about that yet, honestly. But like, if you look at if you look at age inequality uh, since 1989, the median net worth of families uh, with household heads 65 or older raised by 68 percent, while the net worth of families with heads 35 or younger decreased by 25. And so that's kind of an indicator that it's it's harder to climb to the top, and it's easier when you're set. Uh, when you were when you were in the right place at the right time, uh, when the economy was good and during the during the kind of free market empire, I guess the boomer period, you know how it is. Um, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> and the cra- and the craziest uh, craziest fact that we're gonna hit you with is the gender inequality statistic because in uh, in 2017, according to this survey, American women on average held 42,000 in median retirement savings while men held 123,000. That's three times as much. That's crazy, right? And in 2018, out of the 2,000 plus billionaires, only 256 of them were women, so 10%. Jeez. It's I a lot of people realize that the, you know, uh, the gender diversity or gender inequality exists in life because people are at school, people are at work and they probably exist i mean they probably experience that firsthand right but when you look at the statistics i think it's a lot more disparate than what people assume it's like reality yeah, is so sure. far-fetched than what people think we are at and i think part of it is because most of us exist in this bubble with people uh in similar financial situations to our own so we rarely see like the very top yeah, or the very bottom we're blindsided by that fact yeah and i think a lot of it coming from racial or gender uh, gender god bro uh, racial, gender, or sexual discrimination, inequality, I think a lot of that also boils down to how healthy are people today. Yeah. And clearly we can see a correlation between the wealth distribution, the wealth gap between people, and how that's affecting the the health of people. So For sure. generally, as a, as, a, as a basis level uh, fact, wealthy people stay relatively healthier than you know the, the substantially poor, and the substantially poor decline in health over time. And when you're looking, when you're throwing in facts like gender or racially, uh, you know, racially disparate demographics, mm-hmm. the white middle class. Uh, That's like the poster old, child yeah, for one percent. Exactly. Right? That that guy is healthy. That guy is wealthy. That guy is doing just fine. Whereas, big chilling. Yeah, he's big chilling. Whereas anyone of color, anyone under the age of thirty-five, like you said, is substantially declining not only in wealth but clearly correlated also in health. Yeah. And so that plays a big factor in how much we spend on Medicare, how much we spend on 
uh, healthcare in general, how much we, what kind of money we put towards the health of people, whereas the wealth of the people is also equally correlated. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So basically, there are a couple of like effects of uh, of the wealth gap and how we how it manifests itself, like you know, in our society, I guess. And part of what part of it is what we were talking about earlier, like how uh, wealth is seen as an indicator of success, which may have been fine years and years ago when uh, when the balance wasn't split as severe as mm-hmm. it is now. But now it's uh, it deals with issues such as entitlement and privilege that aren't always deserving, and it also brings to light a counterculture of kind of resentment against the wealthy and uh it's something that it's something that gary v talks about just a little bit where he says he always uh he always feels really bad for the kids who grew up in wealthy households because he knows whatever they accomplish they won't be seen for their talent they'll be seen for their parents money right and so if you were if you were born into privilege there's there's nothing you can do there's nothing you can prove you've already had it made from day one so you'll never be able to make a name for yourself essentially at least in the social light like the way people view you right and uh and so then realistically everybody becomes a victim of the system because you either don't have money or you have money and you resent the fact that you have it so this system we're in right now this divide is not working well for anybody i think that's a bit of a uh, a radical thought at least in, in terms of the way people are viewed or the way people are, are placed on this like social hierarchy of where they are because like you're saying people who are given money you know hate themselves because they have the money already and they couldn't make a name for themselves or they couldn't make yeah. something out of themselves without that uh that first loan of a million dollars step, basically yeah. but i think that's a little bit of a upside down way of thinking especially if you're in the lower class or lower middle class or even like the absolute poor uh, bottom 10% because when you look at those people who have the money and you're thinking like oh wow they're going to be embarrassed of the fact that they have money and well I'm just saying like in court like like obviously the the bottom uh, percentage has it worse than the top percentage right. and like uh, quality of life but if you look at it in terms of like mental health the like that does like statistically way heavier on the minds of uh, of those who are privileged right. and it impacts both sides like we're saying the the wealth gap in general impacts the health of yeah you know, grass is always greener right exactly uh so what can we do about it? We'd be raising these severe issues, and you know, in the tank, bro, we would <laughs> never provide you problems that we couldn't solve ourselves. <laughs> oh my God, what can we do about it? So, uh, go vote. Go vote. That's <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's it, folks. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but voting is a big part uh, to it. You want to see who uh, who will take a stronger hand in the government, I guess, and help. Uh, help alleviate some of these issues for those who need it. Um, and I was talking to a friend recently about, you know, the, the pros and cons of Donald Trump. And I don't want to get too political again with this, but I think there's a lot of oversight in terms of we look at Donald Trump and what he's done for the economy. And uh, usually we see positive figures and positive numbers, positive graphs, whatever it is yeah. from where we came from. Um, but also, like like Pranav is saying, the accessibility to becoming a Jeff Bezos or whatever else exists because of our capitalist society. And our capitalist society is promoted by the policies of Donald Trump, but also everyone else who's on that policy train. So that means, you know, the promotion of our capitalist economy, the promotion of the wealth, the, the rich get wealthier and the poor, you know, stay stagnant. And we're yeah. looking at all the other factors in terms of gender, racial, sexual discrimination, as well as health and how that plays into the wealthy, uh, the correlation of wealth gap. I think you have to take a look at what the economy is doing for each individual group and how the economy is going to affect you specifically. For sure, for sure. Um, So, uh, and part of that is like you were saying, it attributes to the rise of like more of a socialist sentiment in this country because 
when we're when we're doing good we want the government to be hands off and when we're not we want it to be more hands on and uh and not to put my own political views in this but bro uh, like you could never <laughs> <laughs> like Eli was saying uh socialism is more the american dream than what we have right now because if everybody has uh the fallback to go be whatever they want then it's more likely that uh what you make out of your life is more attributed to your own merit than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of this is... I, I'm not going to label myself as a socialist or anything else because I think I don't, at, the, at the very basis of it, uh, labels are kind of dumb. But <laughs> I think one of the first things that strikes a, a red flag to me in terms of socialism or the idea of everyone should be treated equal or you know, going back to the idea of equity versus equality is this concept of the hierarchy of competence. So it's, it's just a little thing I was reading about before because you know I'll be reading. He'd be reading. <laughs> but I think it's this idea of what people are meant to do versus what people are good at. And I think a lot of that boils down to the episodes we've talked about in terms of happiness and you know yeah. doing what you love and whatever. But I, Just be yourself. Go on and achieve <laughs> your dreams. Shout out Odd Fish Season 1 where we <laughs> talked like this. And we've got more views. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, bro. You got y'all need to be listening and promoting a Dog, lot more. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Season two has been so so good, and y'all are sleeping on it. Um, the point with the hierarchy of competence is that there's these four stages, right? And and how people progress into the mastery of a subject. And the point that the point of hierarchy of competence is bringing people who have the best skills, the best abilities, the best qualities bringing those people to the limelight and keeping them in the limelight so that they can provide us with the best of the best services, qualities, uh, knowledge, whatever it is. So whatever we're doing here is useless because we're not the best of the best. But Speak we're for bringing... yourself, bro. <laughs> four foot two knobs, the best of the best. <laughs> but the point is that there's these four stages of knowledge and then know-how, which is basically applying that knowledge. Then the third stage is show-how, which is being able to show how that knowledge is applied nice and the lines. fourth thank you and uh, the fourth stage is doing or being the ha- having the ability to apply that knowledge being able to show it and also you know exp- ex- uh, bring about mastery of the knowledge in a way that you can do uh, whatever you're speaking about hashtag and doing things if hashtag, you will all right um, <laughs> uh, the point is that this hierarchy of competence brings about a level of why do we have people doing the things they're doing? Because they're good at it. And the reason for you know giving people the ability to thrive in their specific um, inhibitions based on whatever their gender cuts them down from, whatever their sexual orientation cuts them down from, whatever their racial orientation sex, uh, cuts them down from, uh, giving the people the ability to thrive in those specific inhibitions is where we get the best of the best people. Right. And so um, just breaking that hierarchy down and, and realizing that we need that hierarchy to survive. You know, we need the best of the best thinkers to continue doing the thinking so that we can have <laughs> the best thoughts out there. We need the best carpenters, the best plumbers, whatever it is. We need the best of the best people to continue doing the best of the best. And we need to find an economy that suits those people to continue doing those things. I mean, yeah, but also, like, if you love doing something, you're going to be good at it. So all we need is, like... All we need is for people to love what they do, and then they'll eventually become the best at it. That's my that's my thought. We got the formulas out here. We got the formulas. That's what I'm saying, dog. He's a man of numbers and philosophy. <laughs> it's too deep out here, bro. 
But um, going back to the whole, what are we gonna do about the wealth gap thing? Yes, sir. What can we do? Uh, so like like we were talking about, go vote, bro. But like on an individual level, because it's so it's so hard to achieve change like this on an individual level. But mm-hmm. um, my opinion is that the biggest thing we can do as a culture is to change the standard of equating respect and success with wealth and material possessions. I think it's about time we as a society realize that, you know, uh, the the number in your bank account, the kind of car you drive is not what defines you as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we all need to be aware of that and more conscious about it. And I think... And we've talked about that before, you know, being able to distinct distinctly differentiate between materialistic possessions and whatever else gives you... For sure, for sure. You know... The, the standard that you want to be at. Yeah. And and the last thing I think is uh, I think we should adopt more of a collective mindset than an individual mindset. So, like, you know, just keep in mind somebody's always got it worse than you and uh, and do what you can to help out your homies, bro. That's, uh, that's all <laughs> yeah. there is to it. It yeah. ain't that deep. Definitely keeping yourself... You know, we're all just little fish in a big tank. So exactly. keep that in mind. And if any billionaires feel like ending climate change, bruh, it ain't that hard for you. Honestly, bro, just <laughs> donate your fucking dinner money. <laughs> <laughs> just take a nap for a little while and let someone walk into your bank. Like, <laughs> give us just a little bit. Um, yeah, I, heard, I saw something that like, who is it? Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk donated $10 million, $10 billion? I don't That's awesome. It was. But uh, you're really not donating that Very much, cool bro. You're just yeah. making a bank for yourself <laughs> and then donating $4. So do more. Hashtag doing things. Don't ever forget. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, right. Probably about time to wrap it up. What do you think? Let's, you know, always keep it wrapped, bro. <laughs> always keep it wrapped. <laughs> so uh, to, to wrap it all up. If you like the episode, if you didn't like the episode, any guests you'd like to see, any guests you'd like to be, I what are your that. thoughts on the every time? <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty cute. But uh, what are your thoughts on the wealth divide? Is there anything we didn't touch on? Any facts you want to spit at us that we haven't been spitting at you? Because we know you have more than us. <laughs> <laughs> any anything else you want us to talk about related to this in the future? Let us know. Tweet us at hashtag oddfish. Shoot us an Instagram DM. Uh, send us a message on Anchor. Whatever y'all be doing, <laughs> we be receiving. Don't we even be worry respecting, about it. Bro. We be thank respecting, bro. Thank you for everything. Thank you for all the listens. Thank you for all the likes, comments, whatever. Um, thank you for all the promotion. We respect the, the our school. We respect our. We respect the school. We respect the school. Thanks for and coming if, on this swim with us. If you. <laughs> If y'all would like to keep swimming and would like us to keep swimming, please let us know if you have the number of a great electrician to come to fix turn our light. Our power back on, bro, please. Because we'd love to sit in the light instead of in the dark. Oh, dude, my computer's about to run out of battery. We gotta, we gotta cut the episode. We're gonna we'll go. See you guys next we're gonna week. go to Starbucks. We gotta go.